I don't say this. I don't think I've ever said this, but you would be as close as I can probably get to saying this, but you're kind of pulling off that fedora. Welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. My name is Calvin here with Jeremy. Jer, how you doing? Oh, your hosts are here to talk about adventure in the everyday. Buddy, I am good. I just had some great adventures this past week. I'm excited to tell you about them. You have kind of come back a completely changed person. Would I be wrong to say that? I am complete 180 from the boring life I was living before. And it's a new me. It's a new me. It's a new day. I don't say this. I don't think I've ever said this, but you would be as close (laughs) as I can probably get to saying this, but... You're kind of pulling off that fedora, <laughs> you know. Aww. And I, I gotta say, I think you're doing it. Thank you. And Calvin, you got I kind have... of a side, a side tilt, and uh, you, you got the whole thing. And I, I think, is this gonna be part of your new look from now on? Definitely a part of my new look. And dude, I can't tell you, I have never seen someone rock as nice a goatee as what I am seeing <laughs> right now, Calvin. That thing is tight. What do you think? You like that? Yeah, like how long did that take you? Like eight weeks? That thing is thick. Long time, long time coming. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I throw you out there? You did a little bit. Who? Do you think I could look good in a fedora? I don't know. Do you have a big? I think you, I feel like you have kind of a large head, don't you? I think my head is size, it is size L. It's not size XL. I know people with an XL head that don't fit into okay. hats that I no. have. You no. know? Well, you know what? I think you maybe could because you you uh, you make a Tilly hat part of your regular routine. In the summer. I mean, what's the difference really between a fedora and a Tilly hat style mainly? <laughs> but I mean, it's essentially the same hat when you break it down. So I think in some way the Tilly style hat is coming back and it's like more acceptable and can actually be seen as cool. Or do you think that's just it's never going to be cool, but that's kind of why it's acceptable and cool? I don't think it's going to be cool, but I mean, I don't know. I think you can be like a really cool dude and pull it off. Do you know what I mean? Like I picture this guy who's like a really like crazy good like uh, ocean fisherman and he would wear a Tilly hat. But he can pull it off because he's like, you know, just slaying Redfin all day. I, I think that's the type of person I strive to be when I put on that hat, which probably makes me a bit of a yeah, loser. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just makes it that people are expecting more out of you for wearing the <laughs> hat like that. Yeah, they're either expecting me to be unbelievably cool or then I'm just like, oh, yeah, that guy would wear a Tilly. And also, like, it's like when you wear a fedora, like everything that you say when you wear a fedora, people have like a little bit of um, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a kind of a presupposition, right? Right. Like whatever right. this guy says, do I take him completely seriously? He's wearing do you a think fedora. That's, do you think that's fair that we do that to people? We do that. I, that happened to me when I had dreads. We do that to it's, people with tattoos. It happens I, with every single I thing think you it's do. Just, I know. It's just natural, though. Yeah. Do you think it's not fair? Uh, no, I don't think it's necessarily not fair, but yet, yet you I have was... to consciously not do it, right? I think I don't think people like consciously do it and like want to judge based on a person's right. like kind of purposeful kind of statement look. But uh, I don't know. But... I think we are a competitive species, and we do kind of want to judge. We kind of like the feeling. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm saying like people. So like you had you know, kind of pretty loud dreadlocks. That was yes. 100% your choice, and right. the attention that brought you liked, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I so did. how do you, so, I mean, that's, you know, you brought it upon yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of my dreads, um, mm-hmm. there was another fellow with the exact same name as me, with the exact same hairstyle as me, Jeremy Enns. We this had guy, him on yeah, the podcast. We talked about this, yeah, well, we talked to this guy a while ago. Yeah, we talked to him a little while ago. I think it's yeah. always super fun to find out someone who has your same name. And if you go back and listen to that episode, you know, listeners, there are crazy similarities between the lives that we have led up until now. Um, uh, but he lives in Vancouver, and I was recently on uh, a work trip to Vancouver. So I thought I would send Jeremy Ends an old message and see if we could meet up in person because we chatted on the podcast. We've now Perfect. been following each other on social media, liking each yeah. other's pics yeah. and saying hello. 
and he actually started a podcasting Facebook group um, oh, that cool. I am that I'm a member of. Calvin would know nothing about that because you're not on Facebook. Correct. Um, but anyway, yeah, I went and visited him in in Vancouver, and Calvin, it was a pretty fun time. So I'm excited, and, and you did a little recording. You were just telling me that you did a little recording spot with him. We did. And I'm so excited. We're bring him I haven't on this heard episode. it yet. No, and I'm not going to let you hear it until it goes live because you no, kind of like it. Yeah, I, I do like that. Keeps me on my toes. But it was a really good way to add adventure to my everyday while on a work trip. And we've talked about how difficult it is to sometimes find adventure when you're somewhere with work because you're going from meeting to meeting or staying at hotels and you kind of can do dinner with someone. But I took, um, I, I, t- I asked uh, Jeremy if he wanted to go for lunch. He took me to this great vegan restaurant, believe it or not. Interesting, um, right? Their meat alternatives, I have to say, they were they were good. We had these like... Yeah, you weren't missing it? No, because I had psyched myself up for a vegan meal, sure. you know? Sure, okay. Yeah. One, of, one of the appetizers we had was like a, a tofu chicken wing. And it oh, had this really? really crispy outside and an amazing sauce. And then the middle was like chewy. So it kind of was like, oh, this actually was really good. And it was in a nice sauce. And um, How do you, I, I really enjoyed I thought that. the whole point of doing that was like, I thought it was kind of offensive to try and do vegan food that's like disguised as meat. I thought that was kind of a faux pas. No, I think that's what is drawing more people to the sport, you know? Why? Just like, because you can mimic meat? Like, what's the point of doing that? Exactly. Just because to, to, to you get don't... people trying it, I guess, more than anything? Well, and, like, you, you're you doing the vegan thing not because you don't like the taste of meat, but it's because you don't like what happens to animals. Or there's many reasons, right. but that's one of them. So if you I can mean, have why something... Call, why call it a chicken wing is what I'm saying. Like, why not call it a, a tofu... Um, deep fried glob. So on a menu, if you saw chicken spelt incorrectly, chicken with G's, chicken wing, would you that order that? Or would you order gross tofu glog? Like you're answering your own question here, dude. <laughs> no, you you don't. You forget who you're talking to, Jer, where I always <laughs> order the most adventurous thing on the menu. That's true. <laughs> uh, nasty tofu glob. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so, you know, that was a good experience. And then one thing that we talk a little bit about on the um, in my interview with him is he mm-hmm. has a podcast now. I don't know if you knew that. I did um, not know that. No. Well, no, that, that was his job and he, he does a lot of producing for them. Yeah. But he started his own with some friends, which is kind of this. Um, uh, it's kind of like a, pr- a little bit more of a produced style podcast and it's okay. called rain city scoop rain city scoop and basically it's him and his friends going to all the different ice cream and gelato places in vancouver and like rating them and talking about ice cream and it's a really kind of neat That's uh, little, little project that he's working cool. on so he took me to this very cool ice cream place called innocent ice cream okay this is interesting so he obviously loves ice cream yeah okay. to our listeners Buckle up, Jeremy Enns, the uh, Eastern Jeremy Enns, does not like ice cream. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Okay, so continue. Now, it's now it's very interesting because he might be, Jeremy might listen to his podcast and he'll say, Jeremy, you never said you didn't like ice cream because I didn't because nope. I actually am, like, I'm okay with ice cream. Like, I don't, like, I have really seen good on several occasions you decline ice cream, though. Yeah, but like in the summer, my wife really likes ice cream. So when we go out to get some, I will usually yeah. get some. But I also really like the berry flavor. So I really like frozen yogurt. Yep. Okay. So I'll usually go with that if they have the option. That's my frozen treat. All right. Um, so tell me about this place that won you over. Um. So this is like basically the most hipster thing of all time. And I kind of want you to guess as to what they did with ice cream, but... I'll probably just yeah, tell yeah. you. I'll give you one guess. What do you think they did with ice cream that's kind of hipster? Like it, it's flavored? Is that what is that what's different you mean? Like it's Whatever's coming to your cream? mind. What do you think? I'm not going to put you through torture. Oh, but what okay. do you think? I I'm thinking um craft beer ice cream. Uh you are very much on the right track. Now let me tell you what it is. All right. Is it like cocktails? No, but this uh what's one thing that you typically will order at a craft brewery? Oh. Um when you oh, haven't like, tried like, any of the beers. Oh, like a flight. You got it. This place had, it was an ice cream sandwich place, and you could oh. order an ice cream sandwich flight where you tried that three different cool. flavors. Huh. 
Wow. So they had this menu. They had four different types of cookies and then like whatever oodles of types of ice cream. And you could yeah, yeah. make your own with any combination you wanted or you could kind of order the ones that they had there and you could make yourself up a flight. So had myself a flight of, uh, you know, you ice choked cream it sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. It was actually really tasty. It was tasty. I'm sure it and was. I was. And it was a warm day and it was, it was, the, it, was ex- it was a hot day. It was exactly it was the, the right context for ice cream to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyways, so that was, uh, that was our first part of our dining experience. He's taking me Vancouver to these cool spots. I'm, you know, chatting, hanging out, making a new friend. And then he takes me back to, um, uh, his apartment to meet some of his roommates and just to hang out. Cause, and then we were going to go record. Um, but before we record Calvin, this guy says one of the best things anyone could ever say to me while you guys were hitting the bong. <laughs> no, no, no. We didn't do that in Vancouver. But what rhymes with bong? Pong. Ping pong. This guy's like, ping you want to play, pong. Some, you wanna play some ping pong? So his buddy comes out, and then the chirps just start flying about who's better at ping pong. And I'm like throwing a couple little jabs in there, but also not trying to talk too much just in case these guys are unbelievable. So these guys have and their own table then. They live in like this apartment complex. And the way we came in, we came in through the parking garage, like through these weird dungeony hallways and then up into their apartment. Mm -hmm. We're going to where the ping pong table supposedly is. And we go back down into this dungeon. We go through these hallways. It's like dark and dank in a parking garage. And we come around this corner. He flicks a light on. And then there is a chain link fence in front of us that blocks off this concrete room. And in the middle of the room is the ping pong table. And there's like four chairs all along the side. And that's it in this concrete room in the basement of this parking garage. That is so weird. Now, uh, answer me this. Uh, were the chain links large enough that the ping pong ball could get through them? They had thought of that. And they put chicken wire on the chain links. Oh, interesting. Very good. Okay. Um, but it was hilarious. It was like something out of a movie. Like I'm trying to think of. I think there is that ping pong movie where they're like in the underground with Will Ferrell. I think there's a ping pong movie. Right. So it's just like, yeah, very, very intense. And uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And echoey and whatever. And so um, these guys, they both start playing so I can kind of watch them and get a feel for if they're good or not. And they seem to be pretty good. But the pace of play is, to me, it seemed a little bit slow. And it seemed a little bit like I would have had a lot of smash opportunities on these guys. Okay, interesting. So I am feeling pretty good about my chances to just absolutely destroy these dudes. Jeremy Enns being one of them. Obviously, Jeremy Enns v. Jeremy Enns is a match for the ages. Um, And then this other guy, Sean, uh, was there too. So I played Jeremy in the first round. I pick up this ra- this racket that they have. They're nice rackets. Uh, they were called like Killer Spin or something. Cool. And very cool, very cool. But... The thing that was not cool about them is they were unbelievably heavy compared to the rackets that I play with at work. So what do you think the problem is when you have a heavy racket? I don't know. You have a hard time lifting it up, I guess? No, you don't have a hard time lifting. I'm not that weak, dude. (laughs) Um, You sail the ball because you're not used to hitting it. Like if you have a lighter racket and you hit it, it, like you use the same swing, but it just sends it. So. I'm all of a sudden now really worried because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to, like, I'm going to send so many balls long. Sure enough, first game against Jeremy, I am just sending balls so long. He destroys me like 21-13. Interesting. Awful. I play Sean next. We're kind of going like kind of point to point. I can't mm-hmm. return any of these guys' serves. They put this spin on them. I'm just like putting them into the net, into the net, into the net, putting them long, putting them long. Can't return a thing on my serves. They don't know my serves, so they're putting my serves long too. So with Sean, I'm kind of going point for point. Uh, it gets to like about 10-10. All of a sudden, I'm up 11-10, and then he goes on a straight run, destroys me 21-11, goes 11 straight points against me. I'm just feeling totally defeated. Wow. It was awful. So he took you up for ice cream. They played one more game, th- mm-hmm. those two, and then I came back in. In the, By then, I had warmed up a little, got used to the paddle, yeah, okay. and then I beat both of them in the next game. I thought you were, oh, okay, I thought you were going to tell me that you then decided to switch to your right hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, good point. Uh, no, but then I actually did beat both of them. Again, close games, and I still wasn't c- quite finding my groove, but 
this is where you know if you know me i'm moderately competitive but i also don't really like to lose and it was clear that jeremy wasn't super super competitive either because he didn't force me to play a third game to determine really who was the best so okay which and i didn't want to either because i didn't want to lose a, a best two out of three out there i want to bring him to my home well, turf to play those games and then be able well, to crush him there okay wow so next time he visits, we'll play some more Pong, and hopefully I'll have the home field advantage that time. So anyways, this was a really fun adventure, and it just felt so epic being in this hilarious basement playing ping pong with Jeremy Enns, my new friend. So, so did you get any work done on this trip, or was it just uh, just all fun times? Uh, Calvin, you and I have already said that this is not going to be a sales uh, tips podcast, so we're not going to talk about work here. Sorry, you cut out there for like the last 10 seconds. I said, this isn't a sales tips podcast. We're not going to talk about work here. Okay. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that was my trip to Vancouver. It was so good to chat with Jer. Um, that's some good precursor. What, what do you say we bring him on? Fine. Fine. Bring him on. I did all the talking there. Say. I did all the talking, but we'll, we'll talk with you after. Thank you for allowing me to talk a little bit. Uh, all right, I am here in my rented Toyota Corolla with the other Jeremy Enns. So good to finally meet you in person. So good to have a ping pong match in person. <laughs> yeah, there was like, I think I called the, that episode Jeremy Enns versus Jeremy Enns, and today oh, we this really, was literal. this was literally it. Uh, so just for a tiny bit of context, I'm in Vancouver. I messaged Jeremy Enns, who we've had on the podcast before, said, let's hang out. Uh, we just had a great adventure. We did a couple of uh, fun things, but I'm not going to talk about that now because I'll talk about that in this episode with Calvin before it starts to tell him the story because we just lived it. We just lived it. So yeah. we don't need to go through that again. Well, you know, it's, it's fun to look back on that. I'd relive it again, but <laughs> that can maybe it'll be more fun a week from now or a yeah. month from now. Yeah. Ten years from now. Yeah. I think reunion of this day. You got it. For now, I'll just say thank you, Jeremy, for showing me around <laughs> Vancouver. And uh, one thing I will pump in this episode, but not now, but kind of now, is your ice cream podcast. That is um, uh, Rain City Scoop. Yeah. So we'll talk. I'll I'll tell people a little bit about that. I'll and I'll share my little mini ice cream adventure with with Calvin. But beyond that, the reason that I wanted to kind of chat with you today is um, you put a post on Facebook that said you were looking to raise ten thousand dollars. And you were asking people for some tips as to how how would you go about doing that. And I had some thoughts because um, I've actually raised $10,000 before. And without making this sound like some weird podcast where we're boosting about the money we've raised, I thought it would be interesting to talk about um, how, how to do something like that. If you're going on some sort of uh, just, I guess, the adventure of fundraising is kind of how we'll fit it into the theme of this podcast but i'd love to hear more now in person what are you trying to raise money for and why and then let's talk about it all right so i went to a conference this summer called world domination summit which will hereafter be referred to as wds and it's a conference that nobody who goes really knows quite how to describe it it's (laughs) it's not a business conference there are a lot of people who are either entrepreneurs or aspiring to be that but a lot of people who live um, their lives a little bit differently and think about life a little bit differently and kind of in a way that, you know, they know what they want out of life and they're not going to let kind of societal norms or expectations dictate that and they're right. going to go out and get it. Cool. So the the pillars of the conference are community, service, and adventure. Okay. So that fits in nicely. It really does. With what you guys are doing. And one of the speakers at the conference, his name is Scott Harrison, and he founded a charity called Charity Water. Oh, I know Charity Water. And so in his story, he is just a super powerful speaker. Yep. And he's one of the main stage speakers, and he talks about how he grew up as a very religious kid, the good good child, and when he turned 18, he moved to New York City, and he realized that he could be drunk for a living by being a venue promoter. <laughs> and so he spent the next decade or however long uh throwing huge parties for these different venues and made a ton of money and was pretty much drunk the whole time. <laughs> and he gets to a point after a number of years doing this where he realizes, is this really what I want my life to be about? Right. And so he gives away everything he has and he applies to 30 plus charities. Interesting. He wants to do, you know, he didn't word it this way, but it was definitely, you know, a penance type deal. <laughs> right. And only one charity accepted him. Huh. And he was on a hospital ship, I believe in Africa. And 
he's helping out the doctors who are going on to shore and dealing with all these kind of just really sad cases yeah, sure, he, sure. at this point in the presentation he puts up just this grid of mosaic kind of of dozens or hundreds of faces and some of the afflictions that they have and people yep. have like tumors growing out of their mouths kind of Ugh. deal that are football sized right. and just kind of gross stuff that we don't ever we have don't to see or like to see or ever want to see but just kind of yeah cool yeah and he says to one of the doctors well like, isn't this all because of the water that they're drinking? And he's seen that they're drinking this basically swamp water. Sludge water, It's yeah. completely brown. And uh, they said, well, yeah, we know it's because of the water. He says, well, shouldn't somebody do something about that? And the doctor kind of brushes him off and says, yeah, why don't you go do something about it? Hmm. And so he, after he finishes his year or however long of service, he goes back to New York. And he's really just thinking about what he's seen and experienced and how he can make a difference. And so... He says, so I did the one thing that I knew how to do, and I threw a kick-ass party. Hmm. And he got people to throw in 20 bucks at the door, and I think he raised, you know, ten or $20,000, enough to build a well in Africa where he had been. And at this point, he kind of thinks, like, okay, that's great, but he's seen how many people don't have clean water. Hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands. I believe his... Uh, Est- I don't know if it's an estimate or uh, a hard stat was 20 million. Wow. So that's a lot of people. And um, he thinks, okay, well, like, how can I continue my impact? And right. so he starts rethinking or thinking more about the charity model and why people don't like giving to charities. And one of the things he comes up with is that charities aren't necessarily accountable right. and that people don't trust that their money is actually going to the cause. Right. So he kind of takes this disruptor mentality to found uh found charity water where a hundred percent of all donations actually go to building wells Hmm. and the business is funded entirely by corporate sponsorships nice and so this is like google and coca-cola and all these huge companies sponsor them and And run the business run the business pay so sort of philanthropic efforts pay for the actual running of the organization and then any money you give goes right to that yeah and so i love that aspect about what he started and the other thing that i really liked was he is clearly just a super driven passionate guy who wants to make a huge impact in the world and he Hmm. was talking about one of his frustrations was he wanted to build a charity a a company that was happened to be a charity that was kind of sexy enough to get the the top level designers and kind of minds and you know, super high talented people that would want to work for them instead of the Teslas and the Googles and right, the Facebooks right, of the world. Right, right, right. How and do so, you get the all-stars onto your right. team? And so this is the company he's trying to build and he is just so motivated and, and dedicated to the cause that I think everybody, all 1,500 people there in attendance were kind of like, wow, right. okay. So in the, however long he's been doing this now, they've given 7 million people clean water wow which is amazing and then at this, this is the point in the presentation where he shows the there's still 200 million people right and so their kind of mission is to bring clean water to everyone in the world within our lifetime hmm. so that's a pretty laudable goal and i think i for one walked away just being amazed and inspired to think you know this guy he's done it with a team and a lot of contributors but basically yep. it was his vision yeah that has started this and brought 7 million people clean water. Cool. And so I kind of walked away from a number of the other speakers as well, but his was one of the the ones that impacted me most, just thinking, you know, I really need to think bigger about everything. Hmm. And so one of their main initiatives that they try to get people involved with is to give up your birthday. And so instead of asking for gifts for your next birthday, ask for whatever age you're turning in dollars from your friends and your family. And he had a bunch of case studies of people who had done this. Like $18 or like $1,800? Like $18 if you're turning 18. Oh, like from each person? From each person. Got it, got it, got it. And so there was, you know, like 10-year-olds who had raised thousands of dollars or by asking for $10 donations or a 90-year-old grandma who's asking for $90 donations and all this kind of stuff. So I was thinking, okay, my 27th birthday is coming up in the end of September here. I thought, okay, that's definitely something I want to do. And then I thought back again. Yeah, there was that thinking bigger thing that yeah. I was inspired by. So what can I, what's what's a goal here that's a big goal that is achievable, but that's not by any means easy. Right. And so the the number 10,000, that's how much it costs about to build a well for a community. Yep. And and this these wells that they install, it taps into the groundwater and that's basically water for life. Hmm. So it's low maintenance. It's not like it's just for five years or something. It's right. forever right. or indefinitely. So at that point, I thought, okay, $10,000, I have no idea 
where to start. I have right, no right, history right. of fundraising, but I know a lot of people who do, and I am sure I know a lot of people who I don't know that have done this kind of stuff, right. like you. So I just put out a Facebook message just asking people, where would you start if yeah. you had accepted a challenge to raise $10,000? And have you for, are you like going for it? So I'm or going you, for it. Or are you still like figuring out so if you're going to do it? I, I'm going to do it. Nice. I've been spent the past week uh, talking on Skype and on the phone with a bunch of people yep. who shared very many different techniques. Yep. And many people who had done it successfully. I talked to one woman just yesterday, I believe, who she had, I think for four or five years in a row, she had raised over $100,000. Wow for her and her husband doing, um, well, she called it missionary work, but it was building schools in the Dominican Republic. Right. I don't know how tied to any religious organization it was. I think it was kind of a solo. Right. Uh, they had been self-motivated. Right. Um, and so she had some fascinating insights and had obviously put a lot of thought and had done it yeah. uh, on a huge scale and talked to somebody else who had done, uh, he had actually heard the same guy speak also for Charity Water and had done a similar campaign years ago. And he was a very well connected to uh, notable entrepreneurs and tech yep. people. And so he did a very uh, tech, social media focused fundraiser. Uh, okay. yep. And one of the methods that uh, or strategies that was actually your recommendation that I wouldn't have thought of was to ask a very small number of people for a large number of donations. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would gravitate immediately to thinking to ask more people for small. So this, I think, what I've kind of taken away from talking to a number of people is that there are a ton of different routes ways you to could do take. It. Yeah, yeah. And that probably a mix of, you know, implementing each of them where they're applicable uh, is probably the best way to achieve success. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, I think it's awesome that you're deciding to go for it. And I think... You're totally right in that $10,000 is a lot of money, but at the same time, it's not an insane amount of money. I mean, everybody no. who's listening to this podcast knows something that they either have or that someone has that costs more than $10,000, like a car or a, uh, you know, your apartment. You're spending more than $10,000 a year, like living wherever you're living, probably. Um, but yeah, it's that nice number too, where people can be like, oh, that's a lot. And how can I help or... How can I kind of figure out how to, or or interesting and you know it's I think it's a number that people can gravitate towards. When I raised uh, ten thousand dollars, I made that the goal for when I cut my dreads off. Okay, yeah, so, I've already cut my dreads. I off. know. So I was about to say you missed a big opportunity yeah. to raise your money. We have some pretty long hair right now. Yeah, I do, um, but probably not long enough for anyone to really care about <laughs> yeah. giving you money for it. Um, but so that was for me an opportunity where I said. Um, you know, I want to, I've had this hair for a long time and I want to, um, you know, go out with a bang. So I could try to make 500, a thousand bucks, but I'm like, no, let's go, let's go for it. And yep. so, um, for me, the way I did it is I actually, um, set up an online, like I, I raised money for an orphanage in Bolivia that I had been to. And okay. so they helped me kind of, uh, put up a page that had like a thermometer a fundraising thermometer and kind of a, like a little home site to get people more information and whatnot. So there was a good like Facebook push for people like in my social network to give 20, 30 bucks. Um, but really what I found the thing that made the biggest dent is when you do find people who are interested in what you're doing, who can catch the vision in a similar way and who are then able to give a good chunk of change, 10 people, thousand bucks, you're there. Yeah. You know, how many $10? That's just a whole lot more people. Yeah. What is that? A thousand, thousand people, yeah. right? A hundred dollars is a hundred people. So that's kind of what I, the approach I took, I was like, I want to try a hundred people at a hundred bucks. And I raised a bunch. I had a bunch of people give more than that. A bunch of people give a lot less, but also, so that was kind of during the Facebook campaign. And then at the actual barbecue at my place, I had, you know, whatever, $7,000 raised by then. So I'm like, okay, tonight we need to raise another 3000 and you know, one thing that I did is if people wanted to cut a dread off, I made them pay a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. So yep. I had 30 dreads. So whatever, 30 times a hundred, I think that gets us there. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of my friends, I, they had already donated. So I let them cut one off, blah, blah, blah. But that was kind of another way that I did that. But I kind of found that a lot easier. And when people say, when you say to someone, I want you to give me a thousand bucks, they're either like, that will never happen. Or they're like, you really have their interest. And they're like, Ooh, what could be right. worth a thousand bucks? You're like, well, you're going to change the lives of a hundred people for the rest of their life. 
you know so then it's like whoa that's actually pretty cool i could give a thousand bucks to that and one of the other things that scott didn't really talk about this explicitly in his presentation but it was became very obvious by the way he talked and the imagery that he had on the screen and then in looking into their website and all their whole marketing effort afterwards is they really take a different approach to i think a lot of us associate charity with world vision and you get the flyers in the mail yep. and it's these you know starving children and it's this whole guilt trip and well and it's donate now check the box give us your credit card number and sayonara right and the more i thought about this the whole charity water foundation is built on such a positive message on mm. not look at all this horrible stuff that's going on and feel guilty about it it's look at the difference you can make so instead of they did do a little bit about telling the backstory of what mostly the women and children of these communities have to do walking miles and miles at a right, time to right, go right. get the swamp water yeah <laughs> and but so much of the presentation was focused on you know video of when the well is installed right. and how ecstatic the community is yeah and the impact on the lives afterwards and there's a lot of research done into when a community gets water that's a huge step in oh, leading man. to a whole bunch of other educational opportunities and because yeah. so much time goes to getting the water you know walking miles and yeah, yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. hours a day and well, uh, even you just think of maslow's hierarchy right like what are you yeah. looking for you're looking for food and water and shelter and then only after that can you care about anything whether it be relationships or finding meaningful work or having loving you know family uh you know family relationships so yeah i mean that's you know human life 101 yeah and the other thing with the the inspiration versus guilt thing that really struck me is i thought yeah you know with the with the guilt trip you might be guilted into spending you know five or ten or fifty dollars yeah. and to kind of get that guilt out of your your system but if you're actually inspired that you can make personally a change and you can see the difference that that's going to make like that's when you get people spending hundreds or thousands of dollars yeah. and he had tons of examples of people who had you know whether they were business people or just average people who had said i want to build a well myself here's ten thousand dollars yep and so i thought that was and you could find someone like that jeremy right like that's so when you're talking about thinking big it's like there's well one well built five right and so i was talking to this woman yesterday who had raised all this money and she was really pushing me on what are the goals here and right. sure there's there is the um the building the well goal which is kind of the, the main goal but there yeah. are other goals in it for me personally i think and as she's pushing on me and i hadn't really this was all floating around in the back of my mind right and but one of the ones that emerged was well i guess part of what i want to do here is kind of prove to myself and to anyone else that like Scott or many other people doing similar projects, like an individual can do something, right. you know, bigger if we really set our goals higher and apply ourselves. Mm. And I think a lot of people probably, well, they either think it's not easy or that it's impossible that, you know, I couldn't raise $10,000 right. or whatever, right. or a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars. But right. I'm sure there are people out there who could apply themselves and raise a million dollars. Maybe we could, who knows? Like, Oh, I think for sure we could. Yeah. I mean, if, it's kind of like if someone's done it before, you could do it. Right. There are maybe lucky breaks or certain connections or this, that, and the other. But, like, I don't know, to limit to limit in your mind what you can do, I has, I've been increasingly aware of where I've been doing that to myself. And I yep. think that's one of the most harmful things that we can do is to limit limit ourselves in our mind. Yeah. And so I think that that is when I was thinking about that, I thought, okay, well, if I found one person who's and I asked them would you be willing to give a thousand dollars and they said actually we'll give you ten thousand I would be kind of disappointed in that partly <laughs> in that I reached the goal but I would be disappointed that either I didn't set my sights high enough right or that it didn't provide that uh inspiration and maybe community of people coming together and being able to do something uh bigger than themselves right and so I think the more I've been thinking about it just in the past day even I'm thinking how it all fits in with kind of where we're at at the world or why I came to this right now. And yeah. I think with a lot of the political stuff that's going on, it's pretty easy to feel small and mm. insignificant. And, you know, in the U S there's a lot of people who feel like, you know, their votes don't matter and that, you know, they got involved and whatever and campaigned for people. And however it turned out yeah. and uh, whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, I think you have a, a history of, of feeling that way regardless. Right. And that's in any country as well. Totally. But, so I, I think partly for me, that's just, uh, 
you know what, we can be empowered and take initiative ourselves and yeah. make a difference uh, in the world. Yeah, and I think the cool thing, you know, I, I have no doubt that you will get to your goal. Um, the cool thing when you actually make that something like that happen is it's just one more example of an experience in your life where you overcame a challenge and to be able to do that and understand the work that it takes to go into it. Right. Cause that's the other thing too. You're going to learn that, you know, it takes a lot of work if you're only going to get 10 bucks per person, but it doesn't take as much work if one person gives you 10,000, which then allows you to almost be playing in a totally different, you know, a totally different snack bracket. There was someone uh, on my Facebook the other day who was raising money for some fundraiser. I forget what it was, a bike ride or a this or that or a run or something. And their, I forget what it was, their goal was to raise $50. Okay. And then they posted about that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like $50? Yeah. Like, I, like, like <laughs> it just, it almost made me, like, it almost made me sad for that person a little bit because I'm like, do you, do you not understand how basic that goal is? And that's just because my mind has been totally expanded where I'm like, yeah, Jerry, he wants to raise 50 grand to build five wells. I think you could do that. So this... So that was kind of even a quick self-reflection, a moment where I was like, oh, I've actually come a long way from where I might have been once upon a time in my life. Yeah. And so you were talking about the challenge of it as well. And so in talking to, so this World Domination Summit, WDS, is put on by a fairly well-known author named Chris Gillibo, and he's uh, most famous for his book, The $100 Startup. And he has a pretty popular blog that kind of revolved around travel hacking and, and uh, unconventional thinking as well. And so I, uh, I've met him a few times. I met him at another a podcasting conference that I was at last uh, week or a couple weeks ago and kind of just pitched this idea to him and then started emailing back and forth with him. And he was into the idea, but he really challenged me to provide something, like you said, where it was about there was the cutting off your dreads aspect that somebody people could get behind and be like, right. there's a bigger picture here. Right. And so I was thinking, oh, well, yeah, what is that for me? And then it kind of clicked into place. I had this other kind of initiative around my birthday that was previously unconnected where I recently finished a book called Rejection Proof. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. The author is Jia Jang. I don't read enough, Jeremy. Okay. Well, you should listen to the audiobook. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Uh, that's what I did. And basically this guy has realized that uh, his kind of entrepreneurial dreams and everything have been crushed by his failure to be able to take rejection and move past it. Interesting. And so the whole premise of the book is he does a 100-day rejection challenge where he just goes and asks for absurd things in daily life. And uh, and some it of them are meaningful. And some over and over. But the surprising thing is how often he doesn't get rejected. Right, right. But he does get over his fear. And so this got me thinking, you hear this all the time if you follow any kind of like entrepreneurial podcasts or books or anything just the idea of doing something that scares you and pushing yourself yeah. outside your comfort zone so for my birthday i was coming up with a list of things that i want to do in the next year yep. that are going to make me uncomfortable intentionally yeah and so i thought oh what if i combine that with the fundraising drive where i crowdsourced a list of let's say a hundred different uh kind of challenges yeah across a variety of you know people can add whatever they want to it and then at every milestone reached in the fundraising, uh, the, co- the contributors get to vote on what goes into the final list of things I'll do. Because ah. I'm not going to do all 100, right? Right, right. And if it comes down to maybe like 20 or 25, that would be more doable. And so we'll put the link to the, the Excel spreadsheet in yeah, the show notes. Yeah, I've seen that on your Facebook I would too. love to, for anybody to contribute anything to that. There are definitely some on there already that... Uh, are so kind of crazy. They scare, scare me to death. <laughs> the, the 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 one the one in particular that comes to mind is uh, was one of the first ones somebody put on. There was take part in a Chippendales or drag show. Oh no! <laughs> so that is one that you know I seriously hope does people not would make not the last vote list. for it. But of course, that's the first one that anybody's going to vote for. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's there's stuff like that. There's other more physical kind of challenges like running a marathon, stuff like right, that. Right, right, um, right. And then there's just some more kind of zany mental ones. I'm actually, I've just started today was the first day of a, a 30 day cold shower challenge. Oh, um, interesting. Calvin's a big cold shower guy. Okay. Yeah. And so it's, it's nice. We're in the, a bit of a, a heat wave here in Vancouver now, but over the next month, I'm assuming it might cool off a little bit. Speaking of Vancouver, you're not just in a heat wave. You're in this weird smog, smoke yeah. wave. Like you're looking outside, you just see like gray sky and no sun, but it's bright. Yeah. And the sun is red. 
Yes. Wherever it is. Yeah, kind of freaky. Kind of kind of moved in again the past couple of days. Uh, oh, sorry to take away from that. Yeah. That is cool. That's a cool list. And I think, um, yeah, something that I think is, is a really good way to add adventure to your everyday is to uh, be really intentional. Am I going to, if I, if I don't ever make a list of things that I'm going to do that are going to stretch me, well, I'm going to move through a whole year uh, not having done something that stretches me. Dude, it's September 2017. Like we are moving into the like last half of this year in a major way. I was yeah. when I stopped to think about that, I was just blown away. It felt it literally feels like this year just started. And it's so cliche to say stuff like that where, oh, it just it's time is moving so quickly. Yeah. But this year in particular feels as though it has blown by. And if I look back at the risks I've taken this year and the things that I've done, um, there's definitely been some really adventurous choices, which I'm happy with, but you can also go a long time without doing anything kind of crazy yeah and i think part of this list that like it does scare me for sure but i'm also really excited about it and the list doesn't really have anything that is super extreme that you would need right. to like take six months to to plan for right, right and i right. guess something like running a marathon you know that's something that for me i do not run regularly i'm more of a biker um so that would take probably some you know warming up for that yeah. uh, and some training but yeah you know, there are things that you don't need to travel across the world for. There are things you can do at home and just in your city. Um, yeah. Let's see, what are some of the other examples there? Uh, some of the examples would be just asking random people out for dinner. Or, Love it. Yeah. And uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Random as in acquaintances? Just like people, nope, just people you run into on the street. Ooh. Just like making the ask. And it's not even about the result, right? It's about putting yourself out there to make the ask which is the, i think the hardest part it's funny i'm on i'm away on business right now that's why i'm out here and i inevitably will have a couple meals alone every mm-hmm. time i'm out there and one thing i'm always like man there's other people who are alone here right now and not that being alone is necessarily like a bad thing sometimes it is sometimes i mean whenever i'm alone at a restaurant i'm totally fine it's not like i need someone to talk to yeah but i wouldn't mind someone to talk to or meeting a new person or whatever so uh i don't know there's always this i always walk away feeling like there might have been a missed opportunity when i didn't share a meal with someone even though i could be totally content with just taking some alone time and i know that's important too but i'm yep. i'm the type of person who thinks that's almost always a missed opportunity yeah oh yeah another uh example that one of my friends is kind of trolling me with but i know he's serious about is take a stroll around the neighborhood with a uh, glass of whiskey, a tobacco pipe, and just your undies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And I know he would join me in it. Uh, yeah. So that might happen with him when I go visit him in Portland That's in pretty, a couple of weeks. That's pretty hilarious. That's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, well, Jeremy, this has been this has been a lot of fun. I think there's some other. I think we talked about a bunch of different ways you can kind of raise some money, and I wish you all the best on that uh, on that adventure. I think you're like I said. I've I've no doubt that you'll be able to do it. You're a guy who figures stuff out along the way and for our listeners out there definitely check out um his new podcast rain city scoop we'll put uh links in the show notes add some zany stuff to this spreadsheet that uh we're gonna get jeremy to do and um if you're into podcasting follow along with uh the other stuff that he's doing again we'll put links in the show notes to all of that stuff but um yeah jeremy thanks for thanks for coming back on the show thanks for showing me around vancouver um let's just keep adventuring what do you think let's do it awesome okay we'll chat soon see ya it's weird to say bye when we're sitting in the same car yeah so i guess we'll just turn the tape off and it's weird to say tape when it's all digital (laughs) (laughs) bye All right, Jeremy Enns, thanks again for coming on the show. We'll direct people to the things we talked about in that interview, your new podcast, and some of the new uh, personal development stuff that you are working on. Calvin, your time to talk, Always, buddy. Always good talking with a fellow podcaster, am I right? Like, this guy yes. knows what he's doing. He's good on the mic. Yeah. So it's, just, it, it's a pleasure. And after we were done, we were just kind of like, oh, it's really fun to podcast in person. We're sitting yeah. in this little Toyota no, Corolla. Yeah. We're sitting in my to- rented Toyota Corolla because his roommates are working inside with the AC on, kind of just hanging out out there. And that was just kind of a fun little makeshift podcast studio with the Zoom recorder. I love it. So, Jer, I mean, I told you a little story about my night the other night, and I, th- I feel like I'll, I'll just share it with, with our podcast guests again because I thought Please. it was just a funny little um, incident that happened. So we're, we're at the uh, – here, here's what happened. Friday night. 
I finished up work, met my wife in town. She came into town as well. We're getting uh, the baby's passport photos taken. So we're at Shopper's Drug Mart getting the passport photos taken. There's a girl there that's going to do it for us. She's probably hmm, 17. Yep. So she gets the camera out. It's like this kind of like whatever camera. We set the baby down. She's like doesn't really know how to turn it on. She's like changing the batteries. (laughs) Not filling me with confidence. This is going to go well. (laughs) So she's like taking like she'll take like a photo like 10 feet back. Then she like kind of walks up five feet away and I'm like trying all these different I was like uh, I feel like it should be a little more figured out than this and then then she's like okay well these look all right and then she's Uh like goes back looks at the flips of the photos prints a couple off looks at them kind of like tips her heads twisting up her face yeah I guess these look all right no (laughs) and that's it like I was like so so now what now I have this like really not filling me with confidence in your ability (laughs) to to do this also well and i know people who is hilarious yeah it is because he'll be able to have that thing till he's 10 five oh not five. Ten, five but still like from infant to five is a pretty big facial change i would think yeah that is funny uh, also yeah. i know people who've been denied because their passport photos aren't good so this is awful yeah. if they're not good i know so yeah so the other hilarious thing is i have to get my photos retaken because my passport last time i was away left it in my pant pocket then i went through the wash so it got Ooh. ruined i've so, done that too uh, and then so she did the baby photos, and then I was like, all right, time for mine. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I can't figure out the camera now. And so what? that was it. She couldn't figure it out, so we just had to leave. No. Yeah. That's and so I was like, I was like, oh, like, can I like just see the camera? I'm sure I can figure it out. Like, what's wrong with this camera? She probably left the memory card in the computer. Yeah, it was just like the, the weirdest, most annoying thing ever. So uh, Is there, Was there any other employees there? Nope. There's some dude like 15 on the cash so it's like ah, <laughs> uh, just feel like just like this funny little scenario where you're just at the mercy of someone who really doesn't care mm. so then so then i think this is when I, I talked to you recently but then we were going home and then i was going to pick up a pizza for the family friday night pizza. Great. so Love i was it. like okay we just want something like immediate so i was like thinking i would just grab a little caesar's i've Hot come ready. around i've come around on those jer i think i'm actually sold on them I didn't like did them we at talk first. about that on the podcast before? Because I've never been not sold on them, and I feel like we might have chatted about how you thought Maybe. they were disgusting. I, didn't, I, which I, I never thought liked was them, and then rude. I had one. Someone at work brought one, and then I tried it again. I haven't had one in a long time, and I was like, you know what? It's actually pretty good pizza, yep. and for the price, it's unbeatable. So, anyways, it is I was. I said uh, that I would just go and grab one of those, um, and then my wife left, and then I was walking back to my truck, and then I saw I was in this plaza where there was a two for one pizza. I don't Ooh. know if that's like a one-off pizza. And then in the windows, there was big signage, walk-in special, $5.99. And I was like, oh, sweet. This is must be like a Little Caesars deal. So walk in, say hello to the guy, say, yes, I'll have a one walk-in special, please. He's like, great. What, uh, what flavor do you want? And I was like, oh, I can choose the flavor. He's like, yeah, sure. I was like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll have a Hawaiian pizza then. He's like, all right, great. That'll be... Eight whatever. bucks or whatever. And he's like, yeah, that'll be about 15 minutes. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? What about the walk-in special? It's like, yeah, you walked in. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, all right. I'll go outside for 15 minutes and then come back in. So, I mean, it's... Jer, what? I, th- you've said this before, <laughs> which I love. When you go to a restaurant and they list you the specials. Yes. What's special about that? It's, yeah, it's not it's a special more price. more expensive. Usually more expensive, not a special price. I mean, I guess it's special because it's more expensive. Uh, And it's just not on their regular menu. I think there has to be more than one factor for it to be considered special. This is funny. And I think there's obviously been a misunderstanding in your understanding of walk-in special. From my perspective, I'm kind of like... I. If it's like delivery, which they charge you more for, or if you walk in, you get a deal on your pizza because they don't have to deliver it. Um and yet, um, I got a buddy coming over. And yet, uh, <laughs> you were like, I, "This is perfect. It's like Little Caesars." But I yeah. like, I don't see it that way. I don't see that as walking special. That's really funny. So, anyways, <laughs> this like, it's probably not that interesting uh, for our listeners. But I just thought that was so funny that I decided and to it, do that. And that interaction is hilarious. Uh, yeah, you walked in, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why is that special? 
yeah. That's pretty Yeah, cool. so I mean that was my week. That's a good week. I also at some point need to hear about your little hike adventure. It sounds like you and your wife went on a really fun hike with little Noah and you had the mission critical gear uh Hey, Satchel yeah, out. yeah, had the mission critical gear going, which was amazing. Yeah, he we looked great. Climbed in this, it. Uh, so you know, what we did your. I'll take quickly. We did, we climbed this uh, fire lookout tower. It's kind of, I guess, decommissioned. Maybe it's no, it's not decommissioned because we went up it, obviously. But yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much you just climb this pretty good hike to the top yeah. of this hill, and then you climb up this fire tower. That's like littered with warning signs and danger huh. signs, but you're allowed to go up it. But it's they made make it very clear that it is dangerous and they there's no liability there, so we climbed mm. up and it was actually pretty sketchy. I'm not gonna lie, it was like halfway between a ladder and a staircase. So I mean, you can kind of imagine up feels comfortable, like you're climbing a really really steep staircase, but uh, down was a bit trickier. Yeah, because you're you know you you are gonna you're, you're going down forwards, but you feel like you could go down backwards. Interesting. It's that Very awkward Chevy Chase situation, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the picks were great. It looked like you guys had had a fun adventure, and I was glad to see that uh, gear getting its uh, getting its adventure on. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up, Jer. Yeah, Kyle, I got a friend who's literally right at the door, so I got to skedaddle. Um, Why do you have a friend coming over? It's like midnight. Because he was driving past my house, and he hasn't seen my new place yet. Oh, is this your guy? What guy? Your dope guy? <laughs> Why do you keep saying this? What? This is your second weed reference in one podcast. Is <laughs> that something you need to tell me, man? I told you. I told our listeners that you've changed. You're wearing a fedora. <laughs> what do you expect? Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to the Open Road Podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. Check out the stuff Jeremy's up to. If you, this is a tip uh, Jeremy gave me. He said when we ask people for stories, we need yeah, to yeah. ask them for a more specific story. So if you Fair have enough. a story of a time you enjoyed ice cream somewhere, send it in to us. We will read it on the show. If you have a fun story of a, a specific ice cream cone you enjoyed or a funny story that has to do with ice cream, send that in. We'll read it on the show. Other than that, go away, friends, for wherever you are. Go, go away. An adventure. Go away. Don't Stop listening to this podcast and just go live out an adventure. Go away. Find something fun to climb. <laughs>